Welcome to the Dream for Others podcast. I'm Naomi Arnold, an award-winning business and life passion coach, writer, speaker, and human rights activist. This show features inspiring conversations with those who use their platform, passions, and uniqueness to make a difference in the world. If you are big-hearted, open-minded, a lifelong learner, and are on a mission to help create a better world, this is the podcast for you. Now let's get started and dream for others. Today I am honored to have Charlie Syme, the Marketing and Community Manager at B-Lab on the Dream for Others podcast. He is responsible for ensuring their amazing community of B corporations feel connected, engaged and inspired by the movement that they are creating. He has a wide background in marketing, fundraising and communications, and he is driven by the belief that everyone, from individuals to major corporations, can play a positive role in shaping our world for the better. But before we begin the interview with Charlie, I just wanted to remind you, if you haven't heard already, that the Dream for Others podcast now has a Patreon account. It is aiming to raise money from listeners for as little as $2 per month to join this bigger movement of a philanthropic podcast project. So if you'd like to learn more or to contribute or join us in some way, please look us up at patreon.com slash dreamforothers. Now, enough of that. Let's jump in and learn from Charlie. Hi, Charlie. Thanks so much for joining me on the Dream for Others podcast today. Hi, Naomi. Thanks very much for having me. I'm so pleased that you're here. Since I became a certified B Corp, I've had quite a number of people in the Dream for Others community asking me about it. So I thought, why not just go direct to the source and they can learn from you? (laughs) Yeah. And look, I'm always so happy to talk about uh, you know, the movement we're building and, and um, yeah, it's a great opportunity. So thrilled to be here. Fantastic. Well, before we go into that, I'd love to talk about you for a little bit, if that's okay. Sure. <laughs> so to begin with, I'm, I'm just, I did a bit of a, a Google on you Good. <laughs> and I could see that you have been well, it sounds like you've been interested or conscious of kind of environmental and social issues for a long time before you started working for B-Lab. So I'd love if you just tell us a little bit about your story and how these interests came to be and how you ended up doing what you're doing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's it's funny when you get to a point in your, your life and career and, and you realize that it's been a bit of a journey uh, to get here. But um, I, I always have um, I've always, I don't know how it happened, but I've, I've always had a, a sense that the world was, was much bigger than, than what I, the one I was living in. And, and, you know, growing up, I, I, I read Asterix comics nonstop and I Tintin. And then when I graduated into novels, I was reading these adventure novels called Willard Price, um, which were, you know, real teen boy novels but they were all about adventures on all corners of the globe and I think it was something that um, the world just always fascinated me and I always wanted to go and explore beyond suburbia and what I knew and um, but but then uh, you know throughout my university I, I guess I I fell into the the 
the more or less conventional cycle of, of university degree and, and job. And I had a really great job after university, but I just, that, that, that sense I always had that the world was big, all of a sudden it felt tiny. And I was in a cubicle in a suburban office and I just wasn't, I just wasn't driven by it. So, and I wasn't passionate about what I was doing. So I, I, um, that first job I had was an amazing experience on reflection, but, but I, I quit and I just headed off traveling. And, um, while I was roaming around various corners of the world, I, um, I remember meeting an aid worker when I was in the Cinque Terre in Italy and talking extensively to her about her work and where it's taken her. And, and I guess I probably for the first time realized that work which is of course a um a huge part of our lives it can it can be connected to something um that's meaningful and that is you know it's part of advancing the people and our planet so so i i poured myself wholeheartedly into working in um causes uh, after that and and it's been, yeah, I've done quite a few fascinating things in that time. I've, I've worked in drug and alcohol support services and I spent many years working at Oxfam in international development. And, yeah, recently, um, relatively recently, I've, I've joined B-Lab, which, of course, is behind the, the certified B Corporation movement. Mm. And can you tell us a little bit about that for those who are tuning in and aren't? familiar with B-Lab and the B Corp community. Um, yeah, share with us what that is. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd love to. And, of course, um, Naomi, you certified recently, which was really exciting, where we, we get excited with every single new B Corp that um, certifies. So um, the easiest way, I think, to think about what B Corporations are <clears throat> and what this movement's all about is – uh, like fair trade, but for business. So um, people people t- uh, have a pretty good understanding that fair trade, when you buy your coffee or your chocolate or your, you know, your cotton products, being fair trade means that it's been assessed as fair and equitable for the farmer. So so there's um, there's a, a control on any potential exploitation or bad practices in the harvesting process. And um, B Corporations is the same, but for business. It's a holistic certification for businesses to prove that they are are living up to higher standards of social and environmental performance and transparency and accountability. And I'm really, really passionate about the potential of this movement because – it seems at some point that business went a bit off the rails, I think, in our in the, the world we live in and um, people accept that governments and charities and community programs and community organisations are doing good things by people and the environment, but business seems to be just let free to, to do what it wants and to make money at, at any cost. And... I think in 2017 and, um, you know, the world we live in, that's not acceptable anymore and that's not an acceptable expectation on, on business. And I, I think that this whole movement is just going to shift 
the perceptions of consumers and of workers and of investors that business has to live up to a higher standard and be good for the world as well as, you know, making products and making money. Yeah, I've found it interesting lately. I don't know if it's just the people and the businesses I associate with now, but there seems to be a bit of a shift where this is beginning to be expected of us to to contribute in this way and to get rid of that old view where politics shouldn't mix with business. But I'm conscious that because of what I do, <laughs> that maybe that's just more of what I see now. But I hope that more people are getting interested in, in doing this work with their businesses. Yeah, I mean, I feel exactly the same way. I I genuinely feel that this is this is a real movement that's building. Um, certainly, in what I do, I, I um, operate in a certain community, um, but I, I think we can see it um, even beyond the certified B Corp movement. I think we can recognise shifts in the wider community. You know, there's there's a lot going on in Australia right now around marriage equality and. Um, the 100 very prominent CEOs signed a letter um, supporting equality. Um, and I think increasingly businesses are being drawn into this, this space of, um, you know, engaging with issues that affect everyone um, because, it, you know, Qantas, as an example, a really big business, um, they've, you know, since their early days, they've always been that the airline for Australians, and I think they need to tap into what the general public are expecting of of business and institution, and and um, and move with the times. So I, I really feel that um, there is a shift. I think what's particularly important about our particular movement is that it's it's uh, a certification process. So it does mean that a business has to go and get verified. Whereas um, I think we do see a lot of businesses out there who are um, keen to engage in good marketing and, um, you know, perhaps say that they're very sustainable and ethical. Um, but more and more we're seeing um, them being asked to back that up. And I think that's that's a really important step in the right direction. Mm. It's just—it's not just speaking; it's actually the doing part, and you're you're doing that quality check to you know, where you can show that you have. Absolutely, yeah. And um, you know, in, in a previous previous working life at Oxfam, Oxfam would um, look at all the major fashion brands in Australia and ask them to release details of their supply chain. Which factories are you using? Um, are they are they offering good conditions for workers? Um, and there was a pretty good uptake. You know, a lot of brands accepted that that transparency is really important for consumers um, because after there was, you know, that awful disaster at Rana Plaza, um, there, there's a necessity for some scrutiny on the, the practices that business carry out. And so I think there's, there's, um, there's an increasing... Um, increasing eye on business and what they're doing and transparency is is not too much to ask it, it really is um, it's it's reasonable that um, 
that corporations open up the doors and say, come and have a look at what we're doing. And, and I think there needs to be, as a part of this, there needs to be a culture of uh, improvement rather than penalty um, so that, you know, it's okay for a business to say, look, we're, we're not happy with what we've discovered and we're, we're going to do better. And I think, I think people will respect that transparency and, and reward the business with some loyalty. Mm. So why is that, why do you think it's so important then that businesses have this focus? There's obviously starting to be an expectation in it and, People are wanting business to be more transparent and some of those things that you've mentioned. Are there any other reasons that you all are very passionate about there for why business should do this beyond it's a shift and it might be expected of them? Yeah, there's, there's a couple of reasons um, that I think this is, this is happening. So I was thinking about this the other day and, and um, in Australia we're increasingly I guess, um, becoming, um, you know, Melbourne and Sydney, the, the capital cities are becoming really huge population hubs. Um, whereas once upon a time in our history, probably there was more of a spread of people in, to, in regional centres. And uh, a business that ran in a, in a country town in, in Australia, it by default, I believe, would operate in consideration of it, all of its stakeholders. You know, it would be conscious of the impact it's making on the, the physical environment and it would be conscious of any impact it might have on competitors in the same town. And, of course, you would never rip off a customer because that customer is known to you. Um, so I think I actually think this is a, a default position for business. I think business was probably created to be ethical and to, to look after all of the stakeholders involved in, in what it does. But when, you know, this mass corporatization process occurred, um, it, it seemed that they could get away with more. Um, so I think in some ways it's a, it's a shift back to a more traditional idea of business the first businesses in the Western world were, were created to build public infrastructure. You know, they were there to, to support the common good. So I think it, it, and it really, I really love this idea that it's a return to a traditional idea of business that, that looks after all stakeholders in what it does and is actually a, a really great contributor to the community and the environment um, in where it operates. Uh, the the other thing I think that's um, really important is that I think we've recognised with um, the challenges the world faces that the power of business is immense, and um, I know this myself from having worked in a an international development context where you know very generous people would would donate money and and the organisation would um, would do its very best to distribute those funds to support as many people as possible, the, the reach of a, a charity is, is, is very limited uh, in what it can do, whereas the reach and the potential of business to, to improve people's lives is, is vast. It's enormously vast. And um, I've heard it said uh, within B-Lab that 
that business is the most powerful man-made force the world has ever seen. And I think that's right. I think nothing that we've seen across Earth has the power to completely transform communities and countries and, and raise the standard of living in the way that business can. So the potential is so exciting to build a better world. Um, and, and yeah, so I think that's, that's what's really exciting about it all. I found that really interesting to listen to because I, especially around the, I guess, the roots of business, I hadn't thought about that before. And I think for me personally, being someone who's in, I live in a regional town, but I run a mostly online business, coaching people all over the world. So I I just, I'm in this kind of interesting (laughs) place I guess that's a bit different to traditional business and I look around me in my town and I I've looked up the statistics and I know it's a mostly white town and I've got we've got less than three percent Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander population and and then I look abroad to the places that I'm coaching in and they're all very different so I I just found it interesting then listening to you and and thinking about what the implications might be for some of the online businesses like myself who kind of have that overlapping, uh, I guess, worlds of both of those things that you just brought up then and how they might interplay with each other. So more a comment and a reflection there while, while you were talking. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the context of business is, is uh, transforming every day um, mm. and certification systems like ours, we, we do have to adapt um, there's there's a, an increasing uh, use of this terminology that people are referring to the gig economy, where um, where people work gigs rather than full time jobs. Um, you know, like Uber and um, Airbnb is an example where you can you can pick up a bit of work here and there, or freelancing on the internet via Odesk, or um, you know perhaps coaching or wh- whatever it may be. So. It is a it is a changing landscape of work, and um, I think maybe maybe that opens up even more opportunities for a new kind of company to emerge. Yeah, it expands that reach too, for sure. I imagine that you were talking about, and if we're re- if a lot of these kind of businesses are reaching all different types of people in all different places, uh, and are thinking ethically and being transparent and doing all the things that you. <laughs> that you do in the B Corp process, the impact of that would be wonderful. Mm. Yeah, and I, we use a lot of um, catch cries and, and slogans in what we do, but probably my favourite is um, for business to be the best for the world, not the best in the world. And I think it, it speaks to that era of capitalism that I think and I hope we're moving out of, which was ruthlessly competitive and uh, everyone's trying to beat everyone and, um, you know, there's there's certainly um, benefits from competition. We all recognise that in terms of uh, driving high standards and pushing prices down. But, um, but uh, you know, I think we're now considering at what cost and um, for companies to – to work towards being the best for the world is 
that's that's a lovely concept and that that's really exciting and i i love being a part of that yes me too that's my favorite one as well yeah it's great yeah so would you please talk through those who are listening how they can be a part of this how they can be a part of your community yeah sure so um so in what we do we we um we work towards what we call a theory of change uh, and that's really important um, strategic mapping process anytime you're engaging in social change initiatives. Um, and so the first step is, is I, what we, we would refer to as identify the leaders. So your business, Naomi, is a leader. So the certified B Corps are the best in class companies who are demonstrated triple bottom line businesses. They're um, stakeholder focused businesses that uh, that are the best for the world. So there's 2,200 B Corps globally. Um, we have two, 200 in Australia and New Zealand. The movement is growing rapidly all over the world. Um, you know, everywhere from East Africa to to Taiwan to Australia to New Zealand. Um, it started in the US, so it's quite big over there as well. Um, so we find these businesses and we certify them and we we highlight them as as the, the gold standard of businesses. Um, but obviously that's not possible for all businesses. Um, it's a really high bar to achieve. And so um, there's, there's a, also an idea that all businesses can be like a B Corp. So um, we hope by by shining a light on the best of the best, that it creates a, sh a shifting expectation and other businesses, whilst they may not go the full journey and certify, they'll improve their practices and they'll take a closer look at their supply chain and they'll, um, you know, make higher quality products that last a longer period of time for the customers. And so that second step is all about um, creating wider change across the economy that more businesses start to change their standards and the third step is um, is where the real seismic shift happens and that's that's about um, actually transforming the economy so that consumers and workers and investors make conscious decisions to work for good companies not just good salaries but for actually good companies and um, when we go shopping we choose the the brand that we know has a great reputation and that treats its workers well and um, is high quality and when we invest our superannuation we we don't invest in in dirty coal and we we choose ethical investments with our superannuation with other investments we make so I, I think there's heaps of opportunities for everyone to get involved. So if you're a business person, um, the first step is to um, to do the what we call the B Impact Assessment. Uh, it's a free online tool. Um, you can press submit at the end if you do want to take the step and become a B Corp. But everyone can use the tool to just keep an eye on on their processes and see how their business is performing. Um, and what your social and environmental impact is. Um, uh, everyone can make um, conscious choices as consumers and as, as uh, I think a really exciting one is our superannuation. Um, that's, that's something that all Australians have sitting there, a, 
a pot of money for, you know, that far off time when they retire, but we can choose to put that money into um, responsible and ethical causes uh, and businesses. Um, so I think there's heaps of opportunities. And the most important of all, I think, is just to really increase that consciousness about what we're doing. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of cheap and disposable products we can buy in our lives, but are they going to last and, and how were they made? And um, ask the right questions um, in everything we do. Mm. Yeah, I like that. So when you're being conscious and then asking those questions and then focusing on what you can do to start taking action in your, in your own context. Yeah, yeah, and there's um, you know a conscious consumer consumerism movement um, goes parallel with the conscious capitalism movement, where um, businesses and consumers are uh, just being wiser and and making better decisions about the things that we we spend our money on or spend our time with. Mm. And rewinding back to where you were talking about the um, assessment before, yeah. I I just thought I would add because I think I started doing that early, like a fair while before I pressed submit. I can't remember the specifics because it was usually something I did in between everything else when I had a moment. I tried to schedule in a bit of time each week to go in there and, and have a look and think about what I was going to focus on on this week. And I just found that process in itself, even if you don't immediately get to the level where you can submit it or where you can go the next step, I just found the process of going through it itself helped that process that you were talking about before, that, that kind of consciousness um, raising and awareness. And, and it also helped with formalizing some of the things that I have been doing but hadn't even realized or hadn't put a process around in writing um, and just making that more formal, I guess, in my business and my processes. So I, I don't know, I just think it was a really helpful process for anyone who has a business, regardless of whether you think you're ready yet to submit. I, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's, like having a, it's like having a consultant at, at your side mm -hmm. and asking really, really important questions about the business that you are running. Um, and many times people haven't thought about these things and it prompts you and and this is you know it's a best practice guide so it prompts you to think oh yeah what is my parental leave policy um i should have one um that's important that everyone who i work with understand that um and the other really powerful thing about the tool is and i hear this a lot from the businesses in our community is that a lot of these businesses are run by really extraordinary and wonderful and generous people. And, you know, for example, if you, if you had some, um, some personal issues that you needed to raise with your boss, your boss would, would of course be generous and wonderful and look after you because they're a wonderful person. But they're going through this certification process. It gives a, an actual structured framework to, what being a good company is all about and what being a B Corp means so that it takes it off the person and the generosity of the individual and it puts it in a framework that everyone can understand and everyone can engage with. Mm -hmm. And so it gives it a longevity. 
beyond the personalities of the people at the top, which is really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And I found it powerful as well. And I think I've, I've heard some people say that they think it's more for big corporations and companies and I'm able to say to them, well, actually, it's just me in my business. And, you know, sure, I might hire designers or something on um, odd jobs here and there, but it's just me. And I could still go through that process and just think about what it was in my context and apply it to my context. So you can too. <laughs> Absolutely. It's for everyone. Hmm. What would you say to those who are working in a, you know, in a government role or in a corporate or for a big company where they can't go through this process of um, assessing the business as an employee is there anything you can recommend to them that they can do to make their work play a part in the world and be a force for good too yeah definitely um uh, i'm actually uh, at the moment i'm reading a book um that was written by the the co-founders of um, Patagonia, which are a, a wonderful US company that are one of the real leaders of the B Corp movement. And uh, and in it, um, the, they write that they favor a mantra by a guy called Daniel Goleman, um, which is know your impacts, favor improvements, and share your learnings. And it's a really beautiful, simple mantra, and it goes to the heart of the, the B Corp philosophy um, but I think for everyone in any kind of business um, to actually know your impacts and um, don't turn a blind eye ignorance is not bliss um, have a look at what's happening um, with the the work around you and uh, I think I mentioned earlier as well without a without a punitive mindset it's discover what's going on and favor improvements and, and in sharing your learnings, that gives others the opportunity to improve as well. So, um, yeah, in any business of any size, be it public or private or, or an individual in your case, uh, I think everyone can take those really positive steps. Um, and especially in big companies, uh, we really rely on what we call entrepreneurs um, inside big companies to to lead the change from within because uh, sometimes it seems insurmountable in a really big business that they could actually make changes but um, but it, it happens every day and um, it just requires someone to take that leadership role and and start having important conversations mm, it's like a shift of lens taking one off and putting a new set on in your you'll find a lot of things that you can you can do by the sounds of it. Yeah, of course. Mm. And, and we also um, we talk a lot about what we call ripples in our movement and, um, and it's, um, it, I guess it refers to just the small actions individuals can take um, and when we're all working towards a common, a common goal and that's of building an inclusive economy that is the best for the world, um, every little step that every individual can take can, you know, grow together and build into hopefully an almighty wave that um, will really change the world and the economy as we know it. Yes. 
I love how you've described it that way and it also ties with what you were talking about earlier and for those who are listening who aren't in business in any way, it kind of it helps paint what you can do as an individual as well to to join in those that wave and those ripples. Yeah, and I totally get that sometimes it feels huge and insurmountable, um, but I, I think if we all take important steps together, it, the change will happen quicker than, quicker than we think it can. Mm. I had someone on the podcast recently, Desiree Attaway, and she said that she probably won't see the changes she's looking for in terms of race in America and racism. Um, but she didn't use the word ripples, but that was what she's working for and she's hoping it'll, it will come in generations to come because of these ripples that they're making. Yeah, exactly. And actually there's another amazing um, concept that I've really fallen in love with, which is cathedral thinking. Um, you know, if you travel around many parts of the world, particularly around Europe, you come across these extraordinary cathedrals, these beautiful, massive monuments that took hundreds and hundreds of years to build. And so many of the stonemasons and the glaziers and the construction workers who worked on these buildings, in fact, it probably in most cases, the people who designed them never actually saw them built. They never saw their creation come to life. But they were, they, they had a vision of the cathedral and over many generations, everyone worked towards the same goal and built the cathedral. And I, I think that's a really nice antidote to a, sort of an increasing amount of short-termism in our lives. And yeah, the change may, we may not see in our life, but if we're all on the right track, um, future generations will get to enjoy the cathedral. Mm, nice. That is nice, a good one. It? Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I hadn't heard that. I'm going yeah, to remember beautiful. that one. <laughs> I have another question that's a bit off track to what we were talking about before and it's around, I guess it's around remaining informed and and growing and expanding where you need. So I wonder how you individually and how B-Lab overall try to stay on top of the research and the space around these areas and then how that flows through to the work that you're doing and to even the assessment itself, whether it gets changed and updated as you learn new things. I'm just wondering how, whether there's a process around that or if it's something that happens more organically. Yeah, I mean, from my personal point of view, I'm, I'm certainly far from an expert in areas of um, corporate sustainability or um, anything like that. But uh, I learn every single day with the amazing businesses I work with and the, the, the colleagues at B-Lab as well. Um, and I, I guess for me it comes back to that um, that Patagonia and Daniel Goleman mantra of of being curious and knowing knowing your impacts and favor improvements. And in that in that way we can all grow and, and be better. Um, in terms of B-Lab, um, um, we've been, the organization's been around for 10 years now, um, and there's a, a really impressive amount of rigor in terms of the standards and the assessment in which you completed um, was version five um, um, since it's uh, been created. So it, it, um, it's changed every two years, and, um, and there's also a standards review council 
that is a global group of business people and leaders in all things sustainability um, who um, are constantly reviewing uh, standards and um, best practices in order to make the assessment um, constantly changing and relevant to all business people. And, um, and they are very open to feedback. Um, so, you know, as we increasingly see, you know, gig economy type businesses um, emerge and um, uh, online businesses, you know, a move away from the traditional bricks and mortar to an online business, of course, the standards will, will adapt to, to accommodate this uh, new kind of company. So uh, it, it's a really impressive and, and rigorous process. Um, but I think, uh, you know, all of us can, can benefit from staying curious and um, favouring improvements. Mm. And then that flows through to your community because it's not like you get certified and then that's it. You are expected to renew and go through assessments again. Yeah, so businesses recertify every two years. Mm. Um, and the way that this, this certification is designed um, is that uh, the next time you do the certification, it will be a little bit different um, because the world has shifted in two years. And um, if you, you are likely to see your score go backwards if you've just sat still. So it really is a process of favoring continuous improvement. Um, and throughout the two years of your first certification, you can, you can keep working to improve your practices. Um, and so next time you go around, um, you actually, you know, get an even better score. And we do see a lot of businesses uh, improve their score each time they do go through a certification. Ah, oh, great. Well, I look forward to it. <laughs> I'm glad. A <laughs> little while off, but I look forward to it. <laughs> I'll, I'll practice and improve in the meantime. <laughs> great. So I'll include the links in the show notes for how people can find that assessment. Uh, and although, so can they do it all over the world, wherever they are, or at the moment is it certain places and it'll depend where they're located? Uh, no, anyone over the anyone in the world um, can do the assessment. It's a it is an online tool. It's a public good. It's there free for anyone to use. Um, in many regions around the world, there will be a uh, a local team um, who who can um, support you through the process. Um, but um, the actual most in most cases, the actual um, review of the assessment is done centrally in the U.S. So, um, yeah, absolutely. We've got businesses on all corners of the globe. Great. And so what's next? What's next for B-Lab and B Corp and what you plan to do into the future? Yes, well, it's, um, it's a great question. Um, we uh, just want to continually grow the movement here in Australia and New Zealand. Um, we're still relatively young in this region, um, so we've been in this in this region for three years. So um, we want to continually grow the movement. And um, I mentioned we've got 200 B Corps, and and we want to keep going and find as many of these amazing businesses as we can, um, which which no doubt will happen because. Um, as we've said, there's something happening here 
Um, in terms of other exciting things we've got going on, um, we're, we're talking to um, government figures about um, making a, a change to the Corporations Act to support a new, this new kind of company. Um, the Corporations Act is very much geared towards um, profit at all cost companies. So, um, so we want the law to recognise that there's a new kind of business in town and it's here to stay. Um, and uh, we, we also really want to continually engage um, the top end of town and um, talk to the really, really big businesses in the community that um, all of us engage with through, um, you know, our banks or our airlines or um, telecommunication companies and, um, and just talk to them about being better businesses and um, being like a B Corp. That's the movement we want to create, that um, that um, businesses are always trying to be the best for the community and for the world. So um, it's, um, yeah, I mean, we've got this theory of change that I mentioned. And so um, it's not going to happen overnight, but we're building a cathedral and, and we're just going to keep chipping away at it. Oh, fantastic. And how can we help? How can we help you build the cathedral? Uh, I think the, the your... Your community and your listeners can help in being that conscious consumer and asking questions of businesses and using your power as a worker and as a consumer uh, and as an investor to support good business and reward them for their for their highest standards and um, uh, you know, that sometimes these things just require a lot of com good conversations with interested people. So mm. just keep talking about the B Corp movement and and um, and what we're trying to achieve. Mm. Well, thank you for talking about it with me and I hope that some of the people listening will start talking about it and I hope some will do the assessment and that we'll see some some people in the Dream for Others community. Uh, popping up as certified B Corps too. Yeah, I hope so too. That would be really exciting. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Dream for Others podcast. If you want to connect with like-minded people who are passionate about using their platform, passions and uniqueness for social good, head on over to Facebook and search for our private group called the Dream for Others community. For episode notes, further inspiration and access to my award-nominated free resources, please visit naomiarnold.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd appreciate if you'd please subscribe, leave a review in iTunes and share it wide and far. Let's continue to dream for others and I'll talk to you soon.